Here we go, folks. That is the sound of the bell of round number five, fight number six, Pacific Coast Boxing, punches and bunches, shoe shines in the corner, hot sauce to the ribs, ganchos al hígado, when in doubt, stick it out, duro, 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 con ánimo as well, why not, Rick? Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado, Pacific Coast Boxing. What's up, Rick? Hey, what's up, man? Just ready to talk uh, boxing from this past weekend. And what a weekend it was, man. I mean, Wow. I'll tell you what, I mean, candidate for fight of the year in Ancajas and Fernando Martinez, Mm -hmm. a couple of upsets with Hector Garcia beating Chris Colbert, and then, of course, the Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall, quote-unquote controversy, Rick. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was controversy, but what a weekend, man. No, no, great weekend of boxing. You know, you had the Showtime card, you had the uh, top-ranked card, and, um, you know, we're just ready to get into it. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, it's almost uh, the the upsets continue, right? Mm-hmm. And I know we're going to get to when we talk about the results from the weekend, but if you start with, if you believe that the Usyk beating AJ was an upset, which fine, by, yeah. by the Vegas number it was. I don't think it was. We've already covered that. But you start with the Usyk. You've got Cambosas beating uh, Teofimo. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Sandor Martin beating Mikey Garcia, right? Like, these are some pretty significant upsets. Um, and then it continued this weekend. Yeah, no, and, and I think it uh, could be a trend that continues. You know, you've yeah. got um, guys basically coming out of nowhere, yeah, um, getting their big opportunity yeah. and trying to cash it in. Yeah, I mean, and, and if you want to go even a little further back, right, you got uh, Lara beating uh, Warrington. Mm-hmm. You got Kiko Martinez knocking out and beating um, Kid Galahad, yeah. right? And you kind of wonder, you know, because and I know you've got some information, you know, on the on the Taylor uh, uh, situation and kind of some of the challenges that he had going in. Mm-hmm. Does it, you know, is this all? By the way, did this manifest during COVID? Right? Yeah. When when it kind of stopped fighters from preparing the right way, from keeping in shape, right? And did it allow? I don't want to say the ham and eggers because the ham and eggers don't normally reach these heights. Yeah. But did it allow the fringe contenders, Rick? Did it give them a competitive advantage because they stayed busy, they stayed hungry because they got to put food on the table. Yeah. And and I'm just was thinking about that this morning. Yeah. Um. You know, this guy, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. You know, Jack Catterall. Um. But turns out, you know, he he had done some sparring with Canelo. Yeah. Mayweather. So, um, you know, he'd been, been around the, the different gyms. Um, but if you look at, you know, who he's fought, yeah, you know, it's definitely not a who's who no. of, of, of boxing. It's, yeah. you know, you've really got to look these guys up and, and kind of figure out who are these guys he was fighting. No, exactly. Well, Rick, and then, you know, the Fernando Martinez, who yeah. beats uh, Jerwin Ancajas. Mm-hmm. He came out of nowhere, an Argentine. Yeah. Right? Hector Garcia, who was a fill-in from, what, two and a half, three weeks ago? Uh-huh. And fills in to be Colbert. Yeah, you look at their resume, there's nobody on there. Yeah. There's no indication, right, that these fights should have turned out the way they did. Mm-hmm. None at all. That's what I'm saying. And and you start to look back and, you know, maybe the COVID and that layoff, you know, maybe this is the result of that. Because I don't remember in boxing mm-hmm. over the last, whatever, six months to a year that we've had this many type of upsets. Because these kind of fights with what's happening... It shouldn't happen. Yeah, no, you, you, um, you know, they're huge upsets. You know, um, guys coming out of nowhere. You know, it yeah. just, um, I don't know if it's a little bit of overconfidence. You yeah. know, the, like, um, you know, I could name you five or six different guys that Josh Taylor was supposed to fight after he won this fight. That's right. That's you right. Know, and and he's already, you know, he was already talking about he's, he's going up to uh, welterweight and yeah, um, this this and this. These are the guys that he may be fighting. Yeah, and we start looking ahead. You know, you still got to beat the guy in front of you. Yeah, and boy, does that change things. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, Rick, a lot of people give me a hard time mm-hmm. on my top 10 list. I had Josh Taylor at number 10, Rick, uh-huh. right? A lot of people give me a hard time, yeah. right, about why I didn't have him higher and yeah. what a joke uh-huh. that I didn't have the undisputed 140-pound. It's the eye test to me, Rick. That's why, right? Yeah. I know he has the record. I know he beat some tough fighters mm-hmm. to get there. 
but I'm I just not convinced based on what I've seen yeah. that he's that great. Okay, maybe this was an off night, the jitters, fighting in front of mm-hmm. his hometown. That's a lot, and I know we're going to get into the details yeah. of it. But here's here's what they, here's what it wasn't. Okay, mm-hmm. Rick, this wasn't highway robbery. Yeah, no. And I know we're going to get into the judges. We both did some research mm-hmm. and, and have some numbers to share, but that's that's what it wasn't. Like mm-hmm. I didn't leave here saying, "Oh my gosh," right? Like this was ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you something, Rick. There was fights that I've seen that were highway robberies, uh-huh. and we're gonna talk about those, Rick. Okay. We're gonna talk okay. about those in our probably our first segment here, right? And okay. I'm not talking about right. I can go old school. I'm talking about fights mm-hmm. that I've seen, right? Okay. Not Joe Lewis and Jersey Joe Walcott because that was a bad decision that went to uh, Joe Lewis. Uh, Jersey Joe Walcott knocks him down twice, but I didn't see that fight. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it on video and stuff, mm-hmm. right? But I'm talking about I'm glued to the TV. Didn't know the the outcome watching it live uh-huh. is what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Um, so I've got my top ones. Okay. Let's see what you think about them. Okay. Del- by the way, De La Hoya involved in a lot of them. Yeah. You know, he's uh, one of those that, uh, you know, a lot of people felt got a good – he couldn't be beaten in, in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. And then, you know, turns out, you know, he he could lose, lose a decision in Vegas and then That's right. you know, he even lost – you know, decisions in his hometown. That's right. That's right. I've got him on three fights. Yeah. And he's on the, he's on the, uh, he's only on the wrong side of one decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. On the, on the other two, you know, he yeah. was, uh, he was, well, actually twice. That's not true. We'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's what we got today, right? We're going to talk about what are, what are some real robberies? Not mm-hmm. what we just saw with Catterall. And we'll talk about why that wasn't a robbery, by the way. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not saying that Taylor deserved to win either, right? I yeah. could I could easily say that, you know, Catterall should have won the fight. Mm-hmm. But again, I didn't walk away from that saying, that's it, I'm done with boxing. Yeah. Okay. My number one fight, by the way, which we'll talk about, the number one robbery, mm-hmm. even Kim Kardashian started a push to get the decision reversed, Rick. Oh, wow. That's how big my number one yeah. fight is. That that yeah. is the biggest highway robbery. When when the Kardashian is involved mm-hmm. in boxing and getting a decision overturned, you know it's huge. Then you know seriously. Yeah. That's that's how big it is, man. All right, so we're so we've got that coming up. We got a ton of boxing news, Rick. Mm-hmm. We looks like the the Canelo path has finally been established. Yeah, right. Looks yeah. like the Bivol and then Triple G. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that. Um, we got a big fight coming up. Uh, a lot of big cards this weekend. Yeah. Couple cards this weekend. Huge. Looking good. Yeah, huge cards coming up this weekend. We are in round five, Rick. We always talk about a fight that resonates with us in round five. Mm-hmm. I got a couple, but we're going to go more modern because I know it's a little bit more relevant to speak of. Yeah. Um, the honorable mention, Rick, 1983, Hector Camacho goes to his hometown of Puerto Rico and knocks out Rafael Bazooka mm-hmm. Limon in round five. That was a big, big fight for Camacho because it was his like return although they never really quite adopted him yeah as a puerto rican as you would know rick as a, as a puerto rican yourself yeah or as you claim to be and then but but the number one well the fight we're going to talk about rick round mm-hmm. five was um oscar de la hoya knocking out arturo Gotti in round uh-huh. five rick yeah you, you know I, rem- I remember this fight you know i remember watching it and the biggest thing i remember was just how much bigger de la hoya was than, yeah. than a older you know, yeah, Arturo Gotti not completely finished because a lot of people forget this fight was actually before the Mickey Ward trilogy. Yeah, this was at uh, 147, uh-huh. which was which again, which really wasn't a good weight. And plus, you know, Gotti was what all of five seven, five seven and a half. Delhoy is five ten, five eight. I think they listed him, but So you're right. So that's a good point. So this is right before the brutal encounters mm-hmm. with Mickey Ward, the three fights in a row that he had from 2002 to 2003, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, he was outsized, Rick. No, he was outsized, outsized, right? out probably out talented. Maybe, out, maybe out not everything. out. Yeah. Maybe not out toughed. Yeah. Because he was he one of the toughest fighters around, but yeah. Delahoe was just too much for him. At that yeah, time. yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody's going to go in there and have a bigger heart than uh, yeah. than Arturo Gatti. But yeah, but Delahoya De blasted him in round mm-hmm. five. It was really more about you know the names that uh, that Delahoya had at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because this was right after, okay, one of the fights that I'm talking about where Delahoya didn't get the decision that mm-hmm. I thought was was a real robbery, Rick. Yeah. 
not uh, but, but not, I don't not think, what happened. I don't think that much, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into it. Well, you don't know which fight I'm talking about. Yeah. Not the fight that you think I'm talking okay. about. Okay, not not that one. Yeah, not that one. And it was a robbery. Yeah. Okay, all these from my perspective. Okay, mm-hmm. and and those are the ones we're talking about. So. Big, big, uh, big podcast. Lot to catch up on. So many fights over the weekend. Um, it's like here we go. Remember we talked about this uh, like three weeks ago. Uh-huh. Remember we said Rick, once February starts, right? Once we get past kind of Valentine's Day, it was going to be card after card yeah. every single weekend. And I mean, we're leading up to Fury and 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 Dillian White, mm-hmm. Amanda Serrano, and Katie Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, there, there's going to be a lot of great fights, you know, coming uh, pretty soon. Just getting started, man. Yeah. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Don't forget to check us out. Uh, website is completely updated, Rick, PacificCoastBoxing.com. We got all of our pictures from the New Blood, the Thompson Boxing Promotions. That was the uh, Ruben Torres with the uh, magnificent performance, really, the way he outboxed that Argentine. Mm-hmm. Um, got some good pictures that are posted. You'll find that in the squared circle. Email us directly, counterpunch at PacificCoastBoxing.com, Instagram at Pacific Coast Boxing, Twitter at Pac Coast Boxing, and of course Facebook at Pacific Coast Boxing. So we got it all covered, man. They can find us. Yeah. Anywhere they want. All right, Rick, let's get into before. See, that was just a teaser. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the real robberies, yeah. right, that I've seen with my own eyes, that I've seen live, right? Mm-hmm. Big, big ones. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Like I said, she actually started a, a, a petition to get the decision reversed. So you know it had to be yeah, big, man. Serious. Yeah, it is serious stuff. But before we get to that, let's get to the fights that happened this weekend, right? Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll start with the uh, Josh Taylor split decision uh, victory over uh, Jack Catterall. Yeah. Um, you know, not ridiculous. You know, I think um, it was a pretty uh, close fight on the cards. Uh, we look at the um, the scorecards and from the judges, and there was really only two rounds that weren't yeah. um, unanimous. You right. Know, it 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 uh it was the fourth and the twelfth. That's right. Were the only that's two exactly that weren't right. unanimous. Yep. Yeah. See, that's why I don't get you know. So the British Boxing Board, by the way, has mm-hmm. been has been called in. Yeah. They've been called in to review the fight, and that's why. While they're in the process of that, Rick, I'm going to give them another three to five fights that they can review as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, retrospective, go back and see if we can change the decision on the yeah. five that I have that are real robberies. That's yeah. why I put the list together. But so I agree with you. So the judge that's really being called out, uh, I guess John Lewis, he's the one that had the fight 114 to 111 for mm-hmm. Taylor. But to your point, okay, the only round that he had that differed from the other two judges was round four. Yeah. That's the only round, Rick. Round 12, as you mentioned, yes, he had it for Taylor, but so did Judge Coughlin. Yeah. So he wasn't he wasn't way out there. No, he wasn't and way off. Even, and even if you give that round four to Josh Taylor, he still has Taylor winning 113 to 112. Mm-hmm. So you got 113, 112, two judges to Taylor, and then the one judge, 112, 113 to Catterall. Yeah. So it was a close fight, man. Yeah. No, it, it was definitely... Uh, Close fight. I, I went back and I, I rewatched it today, and um, you know it kind of, you know, even Andre Ward, you know, he had his scorecard, you know, where uh, it kind of mirrored the judges, where yeah. you know Catterall, it was kind of even through six, you know, Catterall, you know, probably had a little bit of a slight lead, yeah, but then he, I, I felt he took rounds nine through twelve off after he got yeah. the knockdown in the eighth. It's got to be pedal to the metal, you know, because you never know, yeah. What the what the judges are gonna do? You're fighting in Josh Taylor's hometown. These are Josh Taylor's judges. Yep. You've got yeah. You've got Bob Arum lingering around the ring. <laughs> you know, you've got you know this ref that's doing all kinds of uh, you know stopping the fight at different different points. Um, yeah. I think I I saw somewhere 
he had 22 breaks in, yeah. of the action in that fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's way too many. It's yeah, way that's, too involved. Yeah, that's way too many. That's the one thing, okay? So, Timothy, by the way, you weren't the only one that watched the fight multiple yeah. times. So did you and Tim Bradley, Me apparently. Tim Bradley, yeah. Just woke up, right? Just with uh, just emboldened mm-hmm. to, to, to watch this fight over and over again. There's a lot of other stuff you could have done with that time, right? Yeah. But, but I appreciate that you did, and so do our thousands of fans. So... Um, I think that, that the one thing I do agree with Tim Bradley, he wrote an article today, mm-hmm. is that the referee was involved too much in the fight. Yeah. He really was. There's going to be clinching. There's going to be you know pulling, pushing, whatever. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. a little bit too engaged. Yeah, and then it was just kind of the you know, I think I think he realized he messed up by taking a point away yeah. from yeah. from Caterall. Yeah. So then tried to make it up. Right. By making an even more BS. Yeah. You know, call yeah. on on. Uh, Josh Taylor. It's something that we've only seen, Rick, in our time in fast pitch softball, mm-hmm. where the umpire makes a horrible decision and then makes it up with a strike call or yeah. something else, and then gives you the wink. and And it's like, no, I don't need you to make it up. Yeah. Just call it right the first time. Yeah, that's all. No, yeah, definitely. Um, bad yes. job, bad job of uh, so of for sure. Know, yeah, as as bad as uh, Josh Taylor was, you know, Marcus McDonald had the worst night. Yeah, no, the, for the sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if they're gonna if they're gonna review anything, mm-hmm. right? The while the British Boxing Board is doing that, review this dude's yeah. credentials and what he was thinking. Yeah, how many and how many championship fights has this guy had? Yeah, um, who, do you remember the guy? He was in Creed One, English fighter. Um, Not Tony Ballou. Yeah, Tony Ballou. Yeah, uh, he made a comment said that you yeah. know, these guys have to be the judges. Yeah. The referee. Yeah. If you interview the boxers and ask, "Hey, what happened? You know, yeah. how come why yeah. why didn't it go right?" Yeah. You also should interview the uh, the refs. Yeah. And the, and and the judges and and have them kind of explain themselves. Yeah. Well, in that situation, yes, Rick. I think. Um, remember, so the so Queensbury rules, by the mm-hmm. way, in that um, across the pond, they still allow the judges to be uh, um, the referees to be judges. Okay. In in some non-title fights, mm-hmm. that one they didn't, right? So this one, he wasn't a judge. They yeah. actually had three judges. So I don't know, man. Remember we talked about uh, a few weeks ago where they were interviewing the ref mm-hmm. because of his uh, his decision to rule it a knockdown or not rule it a knockdown, mm-hmm. and it would have changed the fight. Like we don't interview umpires, you know. It, we probably should. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, you can make a yeah. case that you should, but you know, to put them out on the on the spotlight, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think that's tough. Yeah, I get it, and sometimes mm-hmm. they do. Yeah, but you know, yeah, it's always the you know somebody representing the officials with their statement. Yeah. So you know, this fight just tended to be like you know, is Jack Catterall is he really yeah. that good? Yeah. Did he rise to the occasion? Yeah. You know. Um, you know who knows. Um, yeah. You know Josh Taylor after the fight. You know they, even during the fight, they were saying that you know yeah. Josh Taylor had to rehydrate. Yeah. You know, sixteen, seventeen pounds after the fight, so mm-hmm. he had a tough time making weight. He had a knee injury that postponed this fight the first time. Yeah. He also had COVID, had a bad lung infection. Yeah. Um. You know, but I I think with all of that, you know, yeah. I think the the biggest issue was. He was just looking for the knockout. He yeah. was looking for that big left. He right. wanted to catch him with the big left, have yeah. an impressive showing in front of the yeah. crowd instead of going out and winning this fight. And by the way, that's what a lot of fighters do, Rick, when they're not in the best physical condition. Mm-hmm. Roberto Duran used to do it. They've all done that. Alexis Arguello. Mm-hmm. When they knew that they weren't in the best shape, they had to go in there early and try and blast the guy. Yeah. Because they knew if they didn't, it was like, oh boy, pack a lunch. It's going to be a long day. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what I was saying earlier, Rick, in the opening is that I think the COVID was a factor. Yeah. Be of you know the inactivity, the inability to stay sharp. Sparring is not the same as fighting, mm-hmm. and so. But you know, here's the thing, Rick. It is what it is. That yeah. that's the fight game. You got to come in prepared, and you deal with, you know, with your with whatever your condition is. Yeah. And he actually, uh, if you go back and look, yeah, you know, he, he kind of has a Gary Russell type uh, resume the past yeah. three years, where he's yeah. only fought once in each of the past three years. Yeah, that's right. But he's beat, you know, the best at 140. Yeah. But yeah. again, that's why he barely made my list mm-hmm. at uh, at number 10. And, and you know, on your deal, by the way, uh, I was thinking about it. Yeah, some of the uh, Major League umpires, mm-hmm. yeah, they'd be pretty interesting to interview, by the way. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think Angel Hernandez has plenty to say. Yeah, Bruce Fremming. Some yeah. of those guys would have no 
Cow, what is that guy's name? Cowboy, Cowboy Joe, Bob Joe yeah, West. Joe West. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of those guys would be pretty entertaining. Yeah, as you know, as as with some of the guys here. By the way, our guy uh, Jack Reese mm-hmm. um, refereed his 850th bout over the weekend. Oh wow! I think he had the Ancajas and Fernando Martinez fight. Oh wow! Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we'll we'll start discussing the Showtime card. You know, this is the one where uh, Chris Colbert. Yeah. You know, he lost a unanimous, uh, lopsided unanimous decision to yeah. uh, Hector Luis Garcia. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Hector Luis Garcia, with shades of Marvin Hagler, mm-hmm. maybe it was the fact that he was bald, Rick. Maybe he was a lefty. But it was just his workmanlike performance uh-huh. and coming forward and just breaking Colbert down and then um, and taking him down late in the fight. I'll tell you what, though, man, and by the way, a lot of respect to Colbert, who had just the utmost uh, sportsmanship after the fight. Yeah, owned it. No, no, no excuses. Mm-hmm. Said, "Hey, I take my defeats the way he takes his victories, and it is what it is. The better man won." So, really, a lot of kudos to him. But he just didn't look the same, man. Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't look sharp, mm-hmm. Rick. Yeah, I, it just uh, it, it wasn't like him. And you know, for for this guy to come in, yeah. In two and a half weeks' notice, yeah, you know, it, that's it's right. Amazing, you know. Yeah, and, and it's and it's interesting that nothing has come out yet, right? But mm-hmm. Colbert usually moves, right? That's the thing. Where right? he's yeah. a beautiful boxer, his footwork, his speed. He stood right in front of him, yeah, from the very beginning. So again, I wonder if Colbert was really ready. Did he have a letdown? Right? Mm-hmm. They were interviewing him before the fight, and Jim Gray was asking him, right? He was asking him about, you know. Um, how do you feel about the? Because he was it was going to be a title fight, yeah, right. And went from a title fight to a non-title fight. And Colbert was saying all the right things. Hey, it's a human being. He's got two feet, two hands. I'm there to fight him, but but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Very little movement. Very little combinations. I think he expected honestly. Again, I think he expected to just put uh, Garcia away. Yeah, I think he expected he was going to land a few punches. <laughs> going to be over. Do the interview. And hey, it's too bad it wasn't. Uh-huh. No. Like, that's the thing, man. These guys, like 14 and 0, he's been in shape and mm-hmm. he stayed ready. And for them, this is it, man. Yeah. Sandor Martin beating Mikey Garcia, you know, Cambosas. Like, this is it for them. Well, it's like, yeah, even uh, uh, going back to the t- Catterall fight, um, Eddie Hearn said yeah. by Catterall losing that fight, he yeah. lost out on millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Had he won that fight, yeah. you know, it probably means millions. For yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ketterall, not short of words afterwards, yeah. right? He basically was saying, you know, F you to the judges, right? Yeah. <laughs> basically, they screwed up his dreams, right? But here's the thing, right? Back back to Catterall, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, Rick, I, okay, so I don't necessarily subscribe to the fact that, you know, the old school mentality is what, Rick? You got to take it from the champion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But that's not what the rules are. The rules are, right, it is a fight contested by 12 rounds and each uh-huh. individual round is judged on and into itself yeah. right and if you win seven out of five you win the fight so there's no such thing as there's not supposed to be uh-huh. you got to take it from the champion right but here's the thing but you have to know to your point that you are in the other guy's backyard yeah the crowd is there you got to know that they're already making plans about taylor moving up and fighting bud crawford and all this stuff so to your point, those last four rounds, yeah. you got to fight like that's exactly what it means, man. Like you've got millions, your family's relying on it, and and he just didn't. And he didn't. You know, it, it, you make it uh, now, it could be one of the biggest, um, you know, disgraces in boxing ever. You win three out of those last four rounds, yeah. and you still don't get the decision. Right. Then That's exactly you know, right. Then maybe, you know, yeah. then we can talk about, oh, this was the, the, the worst decision ever. Yep. Uh, but, you know, you got swept in the last four rounds. That's right. That's exactly right. No, and it would have made my list. Yeah. Swept except for the one judge that gave him, you know, the fight, by the way. Yeah. Right? The the, the uh, Judge Foster mm-hmm. gave him the last gave round. the last round. But, but, yeah, then he would have been mentioned in our next segment, which mm-hmm. is my top fights. I yeah. still don't know if it would have made my top fights. Yeah. But, but yeah, so he, he didn't, right? He had the opportunity. Now, again, I can make a case that he still won the fight, Rick. Mm-hmm. But it was too close. Yeah, he left it to the judges. Yeah, you, you can't do that. Uh-uh. Um, also on this uh, Showtime card, you had uh, Gary Ant- Antoine Russell. Yeah. Um, knocking out Victor Postol. Yeah. In the tenth round. Yeah. Uh, maybe a premature stoppage, but uh, yeah. he was definitely on his way to winning this fight anyway. 
He was going to win it, but that was yeah. still a bad stoppage, yeah. man. If nothing else, you know, we all know there's a boxing show. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't get political, but obviously, you know, the that's weighing on his mind and in his heart, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that's going on over there. Let the guy finish on his feet, man. Yeah. You know, he he was not going to get knocked out. No. But then again, I don't know, man. Referee, yeah. tough decision. You got somebody's life in your hands. And, and, when do you know? And Victor Postol's 38. I think it, right. it was part of his age-wise, too. Right, right. You, know, you don't need a 38-year-old boxer, you know, just taking way too much punishment. Exactly, uh, exactly. You know, at this point. Exactly. And and uh, and so that's why, you know, I, I made an argument on the one side, but at the other side, yeah. good stoppage. We knew who was going to win the fight. Um it's just, you know, the Russells are just, they're in activity. He's another guy. If you look yeah. at Gary Antoine Russell, fights about once a year. Looked good, but, you know, just needs to be more active. Yeah. Um, and then also on this card, you know, your fight, Jerwin Cajas yeah. uh, yeah. lost a unanimous decision to uh, Fernando Martinez. Wow, Rick. I'm telling you, man. I think I'm going to post the uh, the punches um, uh-huh. and the punch that because this was just something else, man. Yeah. So here's the punch, the final punch that's right. For Fernando Martinez, the Argentine, right, lands 427 punches, Rick, mm. okay? A division record of those 427, 421 are power punches. Oh, wow. That's unheard of. Yeah. Uh, a whopping six jabs, by the way. <laughs> so, so much for when in doubt, stick it out. He didn't have to. No. It was just, and I tell you what, I give uh, Ancajas a lot of credit as well. Tough Filipino fighter, man. He was taking some punches, mm-hmm. man. See, now that's a fight that I can make a case because the the decision was lopsided for uh, Martinez. Mm-hmm. I can make a case in that fight, Rick. You get to about the ninth round, and you probably shut that down. Yeah. I mean, other than, you know, somebody would say, yeah, but maybe Ancajas lands a punch and yeah. can knock him out. Good. But the damage that he was sustaining in that fight, mm-hmm. Rick, that was ugly, man. Yeah. I mean, but wow. And here's the thing, right? This is the super flyweight. This is the 115 pounds, right? So here's another guy that has now entered the fray. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm talking about the, you know, the Carlos Cuadras who just lost, Sogren Vise, um, Juan Francisco Estrada, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez, who's in action this uh this uh this this Saturday. And then the kid that just beat Carlos Cuadras, right? Yeah. That that's who this guy now puts himself in that discussion, Rick. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Um, you know, and I was just looking at uh, you know that guy's five two. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. think there was a four inch uh, height uh, disadvantage yeah. for him. Maybe that's why he was throwing any jabs. But uh, <laughs> and, uh, I'm telling you, yeah. man, that was just it was something else, you know. But yeah, he he puts himself in that mix now. Mm-hmm. So you've got Joshua Franco, Estrada. Um, you know, you still got Kazuto Ioka, yeah. who has the WBO belt, but you could mix up any of those guys, and anytime those guys fight, Rick, you're probably going to have a fight of the year candidate. Yeah, get a great fight. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have it. That's just the way it is, man. That 115, the Andrew Maloney is still hanging around mm-hmm. there. It is just something else, man. Yeah. Wow. And that's pretty much it for the, the this past weekend. Yeah, it was just, it was an amazing weekend of fights, man. I'm telling you, that one to me stole the show, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not alone in saying that. Again, the the Catterall, Josh Taylor, controversial fight. Run it back, except, of course, Taylor's saying he wants to move up to 147, mm-hmm. and if he wants to fight him at 147, so be then it. do it, yeah. Except, of course, Catterall, he's not big enough to fight at no. 147, man. Um, but, yeah, all of a sudden, right, changes everything as far as, you know, Bud Crawford, Taylor, um, that whole landscape. All right, Rick, take a quick break. We'll be right back. Talk about what's coming up this weekend. But first, of course, we got to talk about the real robbery. Yeah. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Don't forget to hit us up. PacificCoastBoxing.com got all the pictures uploaded. It's in the squared circle link, Rick. Had several of the fighters um, reach out, Rick. I sent them pictures. Um, several of them have um, talked about coming on the podcast, so that's going to be a good thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, Louis Lopez, um, Sean Brewer, uh, Jafet Lamido, mm-hmm. several of the fighters. So looking forward to that. Yeah, no, that would be great. 
Yep. All right, Rick. So before we get to the boxing news and before we get to the fights that are coming this weekend, um, the Jack Catterall on the heels of the Catterall and Josh Taylor, where the British Boxing Board is now being asked to step in, Rick, mm-hmm. and review what the heck happened yeah. in what is you know being decreed as just a complete <laughs> disaster, which I don't agree with. It got me to thinking, Rick, you know, what are the real robberies that I've seen? Yeah. Real robberies, okay? And by the way, you know, um, in some cases, like, the guy that I wanted to win actually won or got the favorable decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just state that. So I'm being very impartial here, right? Um, you know, even though I was like, okay, great, he won, uh-huh. I knew he didn't win, okay? So here you go, Rick. So yeah. number number five, Rick, okay, number five. This is in 2004, real highway robbery, okay? Number five is Oscar De La Hoya and Felix Sturm, Rick. Uh-huh. And De La Hoya was given the decision, Rick. No way he beat Felix Sturm, man. Yeah, there, yeah there's no way. <laughs> I, you know, I remember watching this fight and... Um, you know, but you knew going into it that this was the yeah. fight to get him to the next fight. That's right. Um, you know, I, I, I forget where this fight was at, but it was set up perfectly for De La Hoya to win this fight. Yeah. A lot of money would have been lost. So, you know, yeah. he ends up getting the decision. Yeah, because um, Felix Sturm, right, was the dub for German, right? First mm-hmm. time, I think first time fighting here in the States, right? Yeah. And so he was, he had the WBO version, right, of the championship. Mm-hmm. And they were setting that up for the undisputed middleweight championship against um, the executioner, right? Yeah. Um, and so Bernard Hopkins, of course. And so, the, yeah, that's why the, the deck was stacked against him, Rick, mm-hmm. right? Stacked against, it was at the MGM Grand in Vegas, by the way, yeah. where he fought him. So, yeah, Delahoy didn't deserve the decision. No. He, he didn't win, even the compu box numbers and all that stuff, right? Which was very ironic, Rick, okay, because um, decision, so number that was number five, okay? Yeah. Because number four, okay, is after the fight, is De La Hoya said, I've got the money to make a difference and really look into this because <laughs> something's got to be fixed here. Yeah. And that was De La Hoya and Shane Mosley too. When the decision went to Shane Mosley, mm-hmm. I had De La Hoya winning that fight, Rick. No. Yeah. He definitely uh, won that fight. You know, the yeah. first fight was uh, pretty close. You could have seen the first fight going either way, but yeah, definitely the second one, De La Hoya won that fight. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. He did. And again, that's why this was the fight right before Felix Stern, by the way. Mm-hmm. So this was in 2003, in September, and then his next fight, right? The irony, right? Yeah. He fights Felix Sturm and is on the the other side, right? Of what I feel was a very unfair decision, Rick. Mm-hmm. So that's number four. Okay, I actually have six. Yeah. How did I get to? How did I start off with five? Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get. Oh, I see what I have. I have a tie here. That's uh-huh. what it is. Okay. So, um, number three, Rick. Okay. Tied for number three, okay? We're going to stick with De La Hoya. De La Hoya in Trinidad, Rick. Okay, yeah. 1999. I know you have your you know, your own visceral, and you're very attached to this one. Uh-huh. But I cannot find, Rick. I cannot find. I, I'm okay with the draw. Yeah. If somebody wants to push it to a draw, okay. But I had a hard time finding seven rounds that Tito won, Rick. Uh, you know, Very difficult. Yeah, after the podcast, you know, I'll help you find those seven. Oh, I'm sure you yeah. will. I'm sure. I'm sure you will, and we'll be looking for a but, while. But this fight, you know, kind of uh, mirrored the uh, Josh Taylor Catterall fight. You yeah. know, where you know De La Hoya won. You know, a lot of the early rounds. Yeah. And then towards the end, just kind of uh, took 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 the uh, pet off the metal and just let it. Uh, yeah, except for the fact that De La Hoya, you know, they were both champions uh-huh. heading into the fight, mm-hmm. Rick. Right. And De La Hoya had won most of the first nine rounds, right? Not all of them. Like I said, we broke this one down, I think, on, on podcast number, I don't know, yeah. five or ten or whatever. There was a lot of close rounds early. I'd say rounds one through three yeah. could have gone either way. And that's what I had. Yeah. And that's what I had. I yeah. had those early, but I'm just, you know, I'm watching it just completely unbiased down the middle. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for me. I told you, could I find six rounds for Trinidad? Yes, I could. Yeah, I could find six, but I couldn't find seven. Yeah. I could not find seven rounds. So that's that's number three. See, I knew we'd spend a little time. We'll always spend time yeah. on that one, no, no matter what, right? 
Uh, okay, so there's a tie, a tie for number three, Rick, and this one really should be even higher, okay? But it didn't get the same emotional response from me. Mm-hmm. See, number one for me was because I just thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. So a tie, uh, 1988, Rick. Uh, Pernell Whitaker, by the way, is on my list twice. Yeah. On the wrong side, Jose Luis Ramirez being given the decision over Pernell Whitaker, Rick. Oh, wow. Yeah, 1988. Yeah. This was another one where they were looking to, to, to match up Ramirez and, and uh, Chavez. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Whitaker won 9-3. Yeah. Right? I, and this is another one where, like, I wanted Ramirez to win, mm-hmm. but he didn't win this fight. Yeah. Complete robbery, man. Complete robbery. Which takes us to fight number two, Rick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um it involves Whitaker again, right? Pernell Whitaker against Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah. The infamous draw. <laughs> okay, this is the one, by the way, where um, Whitaker made the cover of Sports Illustrated, if you remember, mm-hmm. and it said robbed. Yeah. That was that fight. It does seem like there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a theme. A lot of these have either Bob Arum or Don King yeah. who are kind of involved. Yeah, go figure, huh? Yeah. Go figure. All right, Rick. And the number one fight, Rick, mm-hmm. the number one fight that for me was the biggest robbery that I saw. Okay, again, right now you could you could now here's the thing. I'm gonna give a side note. The real number one. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is the pros, right? Yeah. The real number one for me was the 1988 uh, Roy Jones and Park C. Hun uh, in the Olympics. Uh-huh. That was the worst decision ever. Yeah. Okay. Worst decision ever. Mm-hmm. YouTube it, Rick. Watch it. That's the fight where the officials and the judges were even having dinner the night before. Yeah. How bad can that be? Yeah. So just a caveat, because I know somebody's going to hit us up and say, hey, you didn't mention. No, no, no. That wasn't a professional fight, but that was the biggest robbery mm-hmm. that I've seen, without a doubt. Yeah. Hagler, Leonard, eh, we've already covered that fight. Yeah. You had that as a draw. Yeah. I had Leonard winning by one round. Yeah. Okay. Some honorable, but Mayweather Castillo. Yeah, some it, people felt Castillo won. Yeah, you know, I, I, I definitely felt like Castillo won that fight. Yeah, you know, maybe as 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 much as eight rounds to four. Yeah, definitely seven rounds to five. Yeah, and then another one honorable mention. Yeah, the Pacquiao Bradley won. Yeah, well, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> that happens to be Rick. Oh. My my number one, Rick. Number one, that okay. happens to be my number one, Rick. Number one is. Manny Pacquiao and Tim Bradley. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest robbery that I've seen, Rick. That I had that that had the biggest impact for yeah. me. And that was the one again where the Kardashians, Rick, mm-hmm. got behind this and said something's got to be done about this. Yeah. Okay. I also believe, right? That don't get me wrong. You know, Tim Bradley is a really good fighter. You know, dominated at the 140 pound. You know, beats Provotnikov, Derek, Ale- Devin Alexander, Lamont Peterson. Um, but I think this is the one, and by the way, he lost, he fought Manny Pacquiao twice after this and lost convincingly, Mm -hmm. right? This is the one I think that got him into the hall of fame. If he doesn't beat Manny Pacquiao, he's probably not in the hall of fame. Maybe Mm -hmm. he's got the credentials. I don't know, but there's no way he beat Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, no, there's definitely not. And, uh, you know, another fight where, you know, Bob Aaron was right smack dab in the middle, promoted both guys at this point. (laughs) And, um, yeah, you know. Yeah, here's the thing, right, is what, what what frustrates me about this one is, yeah, Tim Bradley, right, the Tim Bradley, mm-hmm. who writes an article today about, you know, he watched the Catterall-Taylor fight three times, right? Mm-hmm. If he's got a few more extra minutes, Rick, have him watch his own fight against Pacquiao yeah. and have him explain to us how they gave the decision to him. Because here's, again, here's why this to me bothers me, is he never owned it. Yeah. He, he actually looks back and feels like, yeah, like he won the fight. Right, and, and that fight was ten rounds to two, maybe nine rounds to three at the worst. It was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. I remember watching that fight, thinking there is no. And I honestly, and that was a fight that I was neutral. Right, I wasn't really pulling, leaning one way or another. Mm-hmm. Like both fighters, I just liked the fight. The fact that it was two, you know, of the best fighters actually meeting each other. Yeah. Um, but there's no way, man. No. So that's number one, Rick, for me. And and so yeah, other honorable mentions. You got Holyfield and Lewis. That was kind of mm-hmm. questionable. Old school, um, Lupe Pintor and uh, Carlos Arate. Yeah, Joe Lewis. By the way, he got knocked down twice against Jersey Joe Walcott later mm-hmm. in his career. Um, they gave Joe Lewis the decision. That was a bad decision. Yeah. But again, I didn't watch the fight live. Right. Mm-hmm. You, I had to go back and watch that one. I already knew what the decision was. So, you want to talk robberies, Rick? Those six fights are absolute robbery. Yeah. 
Nothing compared to what happened with Catterall and Taylor, man. Yeah, no. There you have it. All right, we'll get we'll be right back. We're going to cover the boxing news, and then we're going to cover the fights that are going to come up this weekend. Big weekend of, of fights, Pacific Coast boxing. We'll be right back. Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado are back. So let's talk about, we got another full fight cards coming up this weekend, Rick. Yeah. So uh, on Friday, uh, March 4th, we've got uh, from Fresno, California, yeah. ESPN Plus card. It's top rank. We've got uh, Jose Ramirez versus Jose, Jose Pedraza. Yeah. You know, should be a good fight. Yeah. Um, the theme of this card seems to be like uh, people trying to bounce back from from their losses. Yeah, for sure. Um, you got Ramirez, who's coming off of his loss against Taylor, and then mm-hmm. of course Gabriel Flores, who was uh, yeah. You could say that's another upset, but that's another one that he just didn't look sharp. No, in his last yeah. fight, um, Ramirez, by the way, favored at a minus six hundred, mm-hmm. so pretty comfortable, Rick. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think uh, you're gonna have a mot- motivated Jose Ramirez. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go ahead and, and make it the lock of the week. I was gonna say, Rick, and I, yeah. you know, I hate to kind of, you know. Sting and put it on the side here, but yeah. uh, your last lock of the week didn't go so well, Rick. It was, uh, it was Chris Josh, Colbert. Josh, Josh Taylor won. Oh, it was Josh Taylor? I took Josh Taylor. I thought you had Chris no, Colbert. No, no, not Chris okay. Colbert. Okay, yeah. okay. I took Josh Taylor. I'll, I'll, have, to check the, I'll have to check the recording. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, also on this card, Joette Gonzalez. Yeah. You know, coming back from uh, his loss to uh, Emmanuel Navarrete. Yep, and Shakur Stevenson. Before that, mm-hmm. told you I had an opportunity to see at the uh, Fight Stars TV place there. I got a chance to see Joel Gonzalez uh-huh. up close sparring um, against the fighter who was going to fight uh, coming up. I know you got that in the news against uh-huh. El Bandido, our guy. But yeah, Joel Gonzalez, good fighter, tough fighter. Yeah, that was a hell of a fight against Navarrete. Yeah, already. No, great, great fight, and uh, you know, looking forward to his fight on Friday. Yeah, that's a good card. And by the way, I like that they're splitting these, mm-hmm. so we get these on a Friday, mm-hmm. even though it's on the infamous ESPN Plus, and you got to have the streaming app and all that stuff. Yeah. But at least it's on a Friday, and we don't have to mess around with going back and forth mm-hmm. because the next card's on a Saturday, right? Yeah, so it's on uh, Saturday, March 5th yeah. from San Diego, California. We've got its own card. You've got Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez yeah. versus Julio Cesar Martinez. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, man, with the, you know all of the upsets that we've been talking about and mm-hmm. how it's been upset trend here over the last you know six, seven months, I don't know about that one. No. Because Martinez, the young guy, even though he's coming up in weight, we saw what happened with Carlos Cuadras a couple of weeks ago, man. A late replacement, you know, yep. I don't know, the, the, kind of the uh, the rocky theme. Yeah. You know, they step in. Yeah. And uh, the late replacement. Total, total makeup, Rick. It's got the signature of another upset happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chocolatito's only favored, by the way, at minus 164. Martinez okay. is plus one twenty eight, so this is as close to a pick'em as you can get. So yeah, you know something, something's brewing. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I, you know, wouldn't be surprised at all. It's almost like you know when we talk about like the four little mini kings mm-hmm. of the super flyweight division. It's almost like the 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 changing of the guard. Yeah. Right, but can can Chocolito Gonzalez right? Can he stand firm and kind of hold ground here, mm-hmm. hold the fort right? Yeah. And can they still make that fight with Juan Francisco Estrada? Because if Chocolatito loses this one, you gotta you gotta question. Yeah, you gotta question whether or not he should continue to fight. But yeah. this is gonna be a heck of a fight, man. Yeah, it's gonna be a great fight. Uh, also on this card, you've got Mauricio Lara versus uh, Emilio Sanchez. Yeah, um, and then uh, Diego Pacheco versus uh, Janek Pol- Polana. Yeah, and uh, as far as Mauricio Lara, of course, that is the Mauricio Lara who went all the way over and mm-hmm. beat Josh Warrington, yes. my guy, at 126 pounds, who I wanted him to fight Leo Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the same Mauricio Lara. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Diego Pacheco, by the way, um, heck of a prospect, right? He's out of uh, out of South Central L.A. Mm-hmm. I got to see him spar uh, in person, Rick, with our guy, Raul Lizarraga, mm-hmm. who, by the way, is going to be in action in the Commerce Casino yeah. um, on April the 2nd. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we're going to make those fights. But, yeah, Diego Pacheco, tall kid, special kid. That's That whole card is going to be a good one, by yeah. the way. No, no, great card. Yeah. Um, and, you know, definitely we'll be watching that. No, for sure. Um, so we'll get into the boxing news really quick. Um, 
Canelo has has signed his deal. You know, depending on you know what article you're reading, it's either a two fight deal, yeah, three fight deal. But the good news is, you know, we're going to get Canelo in May, yeah. Canelo in September, yeah, and possibly could get Canelo in December as well. Oh, is that what they're saying? Yeah, a third fight, a huh? third fight. But what would that be? Just that, kind of a yeah, victory lap. You know, he would go up to the cruiserweights and fight uh, Macumbo. You're kidding me? Or no you know, kidding? Uh, there was one other guy, Reynardo. Re- yeah. You know, so one of the champions at, yeah. at cruiserweight. Yeah. And and get one of those titles at the end. Yeah, the thing is, right, is, uh, you know, I hate to say it makes sense, but mm-hmm. so he chose the Bivol and Triple G route, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, right, um, Charlo and certainly Benavidez, they're still young enough yeah. that they're going to be around next year. And that, you know, and that could be right? part of the whole philosophy, too. Yeah. The only thing is, though, Rick, like we, we're talking about Canelo as if, as if he doesn't age. Yeah. But there's going to be a point, man, where, you know, he's no spring, spring mm-hmm. chicken either. Right? Yeah. And, and I think what, what he's doing now is loading up on fights. Yeah. And then one of these years, he's just yeah. going to say, hey, that's it. That's, you know, ki- that, that's kind of what I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. You know, even Mike Tyson was lobbying for Canelo to fight David Benavides. Yeah. But when you look at that, I mean, maybe that's the swan song. You know, maybe he's got a two year plan. Right. Where he does what you just said, yeah. which would be unprecedented. Right. Um, wins, you know, the lightweight heavyweight championship again. I still don't get the triple G fight. That fight makes no sense to me. Yeah. Even if he beats Murata and he fights. I mean, what if he if he loses to Murata? I the, think I, I think the people that know. Yeah. Expecting Canelo to just run through right trip right through triple G. Yeah. And, but there's still mm-hmm. those others that feel like, you know what, the the fight was close six years ago. Yeah. And then it was, you know, it was close, you know, four years ago. Yeah. That it's still going to be close, but it's not going to be close. No, it's not going to be close. Yeah. And so maybe that, when I say, you know, that he's going to take a victory lap, maybe that's the victory lap fight. Yeah. Right? And uh, the <laughs> three-fight deal is supposed to be for 160 mil. No kidding. Yeah. And it's back on zone, right? It, it, it's it's on DAZN, um, but with this... Um, if you already have DAZN, uh, then it's going to be on pay-per-view. So you're going to have to right. pay $59.99. Right. If you don't have DAZN yeah. already, it's yeah. going to be $79.99, but then you get a free month of DAZN. Yeah, which isn't too bad. So, yeah. you know, when you compare that to the Keith Thurman against Mario Barrios yeah. for $79. Yeah. Right. Then it's a steal. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, you gra- <laughs> grab that immediately. You know? Um, you know, also in the news, we've got... Uh, you know, it looks like both Klitschko's, Lomachenko, yeah. Usyk, yeah, are all you know joining the Ukraine to uh, fight against Russia. Yeah, I saw that, man. I saw that, and you know, obviously, our thoughts and prayers yeah. are not only with them, but with everybody there who's who's going through that. But you know, this is a boxing podcast, and yeah. these are fighters, so that that's in the news. That's in and the news. yeah, I saw the picture of um, you know Lomachenko with the semi-automatic weapon, yeah. and you know, got to give them kudos, man, for mm-hmm. going back and doing what they believe in. Yeah, you know, even even the Klitschkos who probably have yeah. you know, yeah, millions upon millions already in the bank. That's exactly right. And but they're still willing to fight. Yep. Um, speaking of Usyk, uh, Joshua Usyk, Eddie Hearn says it's going to still planning on doing it in, in May or June. Yeah. So look, you know, looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, this is going to change things, though. Yeah, obviously, it, it could. Yeah, the um, Andre Ward over this past week, you know, got into war war of words yeah. with uh, Triple G. Yeah, you know that yeah. that was the fight that yeah. uh, he wanted to have, and Triple G didn't want to do it. Yeah, um, you know, said Triple G backed out. Triple G fired back and said, "No, that's not the truth. Yeah, you know, I wanted that fight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they didn't want it. Yeah. So you know, who's to say?" You know, who wanted it and who didn't want it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I read some of that as well. And yeah. it's interesting because we got to take a look at, you know, Andre Ward, uh, you know, pound, uh, at the time he retired, he was yeah. pound for pound, pound number for pound. One, number one at the time. Yeah. Right. Um, but did he fight everybody? Mm-hmm. Right. And who who was available to him? But uh, Kovalev was really his big guy. Yeah. Right. That was that was his big opponent, because up until then. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of people there, but he was to blame for that, or yeah. he was attributed, not to blame, right? But he he was kind of like when Larry Holmes cleaned out the heavyweight yeah. division, and they said there's nobody to fight. Well, that's because he's so good. Yeah, and, and Triple G has been a middleweight. What <laughs> seems like 15, 16 years yeah, now. That's right. You know, Andre Ward was always bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that fight would have been because um, Ward was basically super middleweight, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, uh, you've got um, the WBO has. Um, Ordered uh, Jaime Mugia versus uh, Janibek Amukahuli. Yeah. You know, for the interim 160 title. Um, you know, 
both big punchers. You know, now we'll see if this fight actually gets made. Yeah, and what does that mean, the interim WBO champion, well, though? <laughs> because yeah. Andrade is moving up. So, right. So if he vacates, right. then yeah. whoever wins that title will be right. the champion. Right, but if you say interim, so that means yeah. Andrade can come back, or is it once yeah. he fights at 168, Supposedly, right? Yeah. yeah, that doesn't you know, make any but sense. But if he vacates it, then, then, yeah. then it's their title. They're doing it right, right? Because yeah. Munguia and Ella Camnoli are number one and two. Yeah. So for once, they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. But this whole interim, you know? Yeah, it, just, 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 you know, brand him your champion and call it a day. Yeah, um, no sanctioning uh, title bouts in in Russia. Any yeah. of the four sanctioning bodies, finally, yeah. finally, yeah. something you know yeah. that they can all agree on. And yeah, is, <laughs> and is the right thing to do. Yeah, and that's something. Uh-huh. Um, the, uh, David Diamante. Yeah, he's gonna be back. Yeah. This, this weekend he'll be at the uh, fights in San Diego. Yeah. Um, you know, this is his first card back yeah. since the uh, bike accident. Yeah, just in case for people that don't know, right? That yeah. is the um the very eccentric, uh, long-haired, uh-huh. right? With the dreads. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Um Oscar De La Hoya, you yeah. know, he said that uh, Ryan Garcia um He's going to beat Cambosis and then Gervonta Davis back to back at the end of this year. Yeah, you know, it's probably wishful thinking because if Cambosis fights Loma, yeah, you know, then he's not going to be the champion at that point, right? You know, so right. um, Canelo did come to the defense of um, Eddie Reynoso. Yeah, said that he has plenty of time for fighters that are willing to work hard. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and you knew that was the case, yeah. right? You knew that was the case. So that's yeah. Again, without going into it, we covered that uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's a good move for Ryan yeah. Garcia. Set himself, establish his own legacy, make his own path. Joe Goosen is a great trainer, right? <clears throat> Nothing really needed to be said during that whole breakup, Rick, mm-hmm. right? And, and I, But we knew all these things would come out, right? Yeah. But all Ryan Garcia had to say is, hey, look, I'm just going a different path. I want to yeah. try this on my own. I respect the Reynosos, and I appreciate what they've done for me in the t- my tenure with them. It's all he had to say. Yeah, and uh, and I don't think you know his new trainer is going to ease up on him at all. Yeah, you know he's, right. he's still going to have to work really hard there. Oh no, for sure. Yeah. No, Goosen's the real deal, yeah. man. Um, also, we've got a fight um, that was just scheduled over this past week. You have Jose El Rayo Valenzuela, yeah, versus Francisco El Bandido Vargas. Yeah, that's going to be something else. So I saw him, right? So I saw um, Jose Valenzuela uh, mm-hmm. spar. I saw him spar in person a couple of weeks ago. A good kid, eleven and zero, right out of Seattle, born in Mexico, and of course we have a a history with El Bandido Vargas. Uh-huh. You know, seeing him fight wars at the Fantasy Spring, Rick, absolute wars. He's on his way, not on his way down. He's already on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's th- too many, too many miles. You know, yeah, and. Um, you know, it cuts pretty easily, too, as well, at this point. Yeah, this is going to be it. We talked about that, right, that it was going to be a matter of time. And this is at, what, 135? Uh-huh. This is not his division. No. He's way undersized at 135. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you could see what they're doing now, right? So they're lining him up against an 11-0 and 0 prospect, mm-hmm. right? And that's the last thing you want to do when you're a great fighter, man. No. Right? Know, the, the, these young uh, lions are going to take you out. And they will, yeah. and they will, but it's, you know, it's another paycheck. And, and uh, unfortunately, Rick, he'll probably, Francisco Vargas, he'll probably have another one or two mm-hmm. simply because who knows what his financial status is, yeah. man. And that, that's all I've got for the uh, boxing news. All right, good stuff, man. A lot going on. The Canelo fights are look like they're finally materialized. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if they do the uh, the December one. Yeah. And then I'm telling you, man, he's 31, so he goes to 32. Mm-hmm. He loves the golfer, Rick, big-time golfer. He's got enough money to settle, yeah. right? He's got all his championships. See, he's not going to go the Francisco Vargas route no. and continue to go down and be some young upstarts notch in their belt or a feather in their hat. I just don't see Canelo going that route. Mm-hmm. He's not going to let that happen to himself. Um, so I think that maybe another couple of years and we don't see Canelo anymore. Yeah. No, for sure. I think um, he's two years at the most. Yeah. No, exactly, man. All right. We'll be right back with Stat of the Week, and we'll call this a wrap. We'll be right back. This is Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. 
with the stat of the week. Rick, what do you got for us? So, yeah, I do a deep search on this one for the Guinness Book of World Records. Yep. The fighter who had the uh, most amount of career wins. Yeah. Um, with 229. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know who it is. Yeah. I think I told you, it, but it's got to be somebody fought in the 40s, 50s, 60s, because those guys fought a lot. Yeah. So um, he goes by the name of, or his legal name is Guglielmo Papaleo. Yeah. A.K.A. Willie Pep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. One of the, um, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So what was, his, what was his record? It was uh, 229, 11, and 1. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he, by the way, he's one of these guys, you know, Oscar De La Hoya and people would... Um, would reference him because Willie Pep was considered uh, defense, very finesse, mm-hmm. right? They used to say that, you know, Willie Pep can win around without throwing a punch. Yeah, a featherweight, and he was yeah. only about 5'5". Five, five. Yeah. And by the way, that doesn't mean that, you know, that what Guillermo Rigondeau does yeah. matches what Willie Pep does Yeah, at all, you know? Well, we kind of glanced over yeah. um, Guillermo Rigondeau. Yeah. You know, he lost a unanimous decision this past uh, weekend. Oh, oh, he did. He did. He was knocked down in the fight as well. No kidding. Yeah. My gosh. I, you know what? I think I think all yeah. the fans were waiting for that. Yeah. Who's the guy who fought him? You know? <laughs> Let's get a hold of him. Yeah. Let's get a hold of him and just give him major kudos and everything else. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully that's it. Yeah. But but I'll tell you, Rick. So here's some a little bit of more information on the, on Willie Pep. He won his first 63 fights, mm-hmm. Rick, before he lost a, uh, a 10-round decision. Mm-hmm. And then he went on, okay, another uh, a tear where he won 73 in a row, man. Yeah. Talk about that, Rick. Yeah. You know? Also served in the U.S. Navy. That's during, exactly during World right. World War II. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, Army and then the Navy, by yeah. the way. He served them both. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, he was, yeah, one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, right, in those days, they were fighting sometimes, you know, a couple times a month. Yeah. And they did that for years. But no, man, that's still pretty. That means when you talk about, right, you talk about records sometime in baseball and stuff, mm-hmm. and you say, hey, that's never going to be broken. Like, that's never going to be broken no. now. Right? No, yeah, there's no way. Yeah. He, he fought for, you know, he was active 26 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, to his credit, though, right, part of the reason, I think, why he was able to have, you know, that longevity, it was his style of fighting. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a brawler. He certainly wasn't. He If he fought the way that, you know, Fernando Martinez fought against uh, Jerwin An- Ancajas, no way. Yeah. No You're way. fighting 200 and winning 229 in that style. Yeah, he was defense. He was slick. He was just, he was an excellent boxer. Really set the standard for that type of boxing. Yeah. And so over, you know, just to, to put a picture on it, over 26 years, he averaged just a little bit more than nine fights a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. No, I mean, those guys were active, but it yeah. was all, it was different, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, there was no other way of income other than that. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. Good stuff, Rick. All right, man. So we got a big weekend of fights coming up. Um, I tell you, Rick, like I'm excited to see like what are the upsets that are going to happen this week. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be talking about Chocolatito, yeah. you know, losing, or are we going to talk about just a great performance and he takes this guy out, mm-hmm. right? Uh, again, Diego Pacheco. So many, you know, the Mauricio Lara. Um, I'm telling you, man, it's going to be another full weekend of fights. Can't wait to talk boxing. I'll see you next week, Rick. I'll see you next week.